Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with... Nashika Caesar. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. I've directed that the leadership of the school, all the prefects of the school, if they don't surrender, they should declare them wanted. They are the leaders. So what shows that they were not involved? And if they were not involved, what did they do? Ashanti Regional Minister demands that prefects of Krobia Santi Technical School in Kumasi be put on police wanted list following the weekend's rampage by students and the resultant vandalism. Also coming up, the issue of food shortage in senior high schools is back on the radar. We have an exclu- exclusive interview with a headmaster who bear it all. And later on Eyewitness News, licensed gold exporters express fear that they will lose their jobs and their country stands to lose millions of cities, at least $3 million, it says, in taxes because of government's gold-for-oil policy. Stay with 97.3 CTF and for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. There would also be business, and the latest headline is... Banking consultant Nana Otwe Champon cautions financial institutions against the selling of their instruments to retail clients without approval from the Bank of Ghana. That's in 50 minutes here on Eyewitness News. The show is interactive. Join us on WhatsApp and Telegram. The number is 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. You can also send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Tweet at Umaru Sanda or at City973. We are also live on Facebook. You can watch uh, the show live on Facebook and drop your comments there so the world gets to hear what you think. Across Ghana, we are on a number of affiliate stations. In Upper West on Tungsun 97.3 FM in Wa. We are also live in the Upper East Region on Quality 88.7 FM in Garu. If you go to the Northern Region, we are live on Radio Bimbila 91.9 FM. And then in Volta region, we are on Revival, 99.3 FM in Tajevu, and VOV Radio, 95.7 FM in Hohoe. In the Ashanti region, we are on Focus, 94.3 FM in Kumase, and Orange, 107.9 FM also in Kumase. In the Bono region, on Greener, 95.9 FM in Suyani. In the Western region, on Adrinpa, 100.7 FM in Takwa, Beach, 105.5 FM in Takradi, and Sky Power, 93.5 FM. Also in Takradi, do send your messages and uh, we'll tell you, we'll tell the world what you think of the issues that we are sharing with you. Let's settle for details of our stories now. And yesterday, there was rampage by students of a senior high school in the Ashanti region, Krobi Ashanti Technical and Vocational Senior High School. If you haven't followed the news from the weekend or just listened for the first time, let's bring you up to speed on what happened. Hafiz Tijani is our correspondent in the Ashanti region who has been following this story. Hafiz, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Before you tell us the state of vandalism, what was the reason for the demonstration or the protest by the students? 
So Sanda until after the investigations by the police and the committee set up by the Ghana Education Service and also the District Security Council with the Regional Security Council is over. The authorities are also speculating about the cause of the vandalism or the protest yesterday by students of that school. So the district director of education uh, say there are speculations out there that uh, the students went on a rampage because they were not happy about the results of their predecessors in their final exams. And he went further to say that part of the speculation is that the students were asking the school authorities to allow them to mix with female students to uh, go for press. And that was not agreed by the school authorities. And thirdly, he mentioned that the students were raising concerns about uh, not having enough uh, plugs and uh, sockets, sorry, at the, the, the room they do ironing. And he says that that was not the exact reason because students are not allowed to bring in phones. So if it is for ironing, students can just have a single plug that they can use to do their ironing. But the students were insisting that they need enough of that so that they can use to charge their phones. So he says that these are speculations people are pointing to as a cause of the rampage yesterday in the school. But he says that until after the investigations, they are not able to say exactly what was the root cause of the demonstration by the students. So the earlier claim that uh, they, they demonstrated or went on rampage because of the poor performance of their seniors, that's just speculation. It's not been corroborated by any student whatsoever. Exactly the point the district director of education made. He says that these are speculations, but police are investigating the matter. The committee set up by the Ghana Education Service is also investigating the matter. So after these investigations, then they are able to find out what exactly was the problem or the issue the students uh, used to embark on this protest. All right, now, you went to the school. What did you see? Well, I have seen vehicles turned aside. Vehicles, I, I saw one Toyota Vitz. I saw a Camry. These were vehicles we were told belonged to staff members, tutors of the school. And I have seen also school buses packed, and most of their windscreens were smashed at that uh, vehicles belonging to the school were also smashed, uh, their windscreens smashed. Other vehicle, another vehicle by the principal of the school has also been uh, smashed. The principal's uh, uh, fire extinguisher was used to uh, kind of break into his, his, his room when the protest was going on. According to the principal, he was a target because the students wanted to target him, and they could not find that. He, because of the uh, security at his door or the, the 
the security his door contained, they were able to break into that. I've seen also that food items were scattered all over. The storeroom was scattered where food items are kept. The students went into that storeroom and destroyed everything in there. They brought out uh, sardines. The tins of sardines you could see were opened and the content taken and left the tin there. And most of the facilities, including some residential apartment of some staff members, were also uh, ransacked. And we had other vehicles and key facilities like classrooms, like uh, the, the, the assembly hall, instruments that are being used for the uh, worship and, and other entertainment uh, activities in the school were also vandalized. And the notice boards of the school were all vandalized by the students. So uh, these are the damage, or these are the damage caused by the students during the protest yesterday. Thank you so much. Hafiz Tijani is our correspondent in the Ashanti region. Let me speak to the Ashanti regional minister, who is chairman of RECSEC, the Honorable Simon Osemensa. Honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much, my brother. So there was a DISAC meeting today, and uh, we are told you were also in the school. Is it that you went to join the DISAC meeting, or you just went on your own tour and happened to uh, run into the DISAC meeting? Uh, I went on my own tour. Uh, DISAC actually met to also discuss because we asked them to provide security at the campus, especially for the headmaster and the teachers and the non-teaching staff who are living on campus. So they were holding meetings as to how they would provide the security there. So what's your own assessment and what's been the briefing to you about what happened? Actually, so far, the only thing we said about the possible cause is that the students were agitating that uh, their seniors, when they went for their final examination, most of them failed. And that is why, according to them, they demonstrated uh, we are here to get the final confirmation as to whether that is the true situation. But so far, that is what we have. And uh, when I went to the school, the extent of damage is very high. Two private vehicles have been vandalized in roughly one over ten. And then four other vehicles belonging to the government uh, have also suffered serious damage. So for now, within the next few minutes or possibly tomorrow morning, we are now consulting ourselves. That is my regional security council and then the minister for education. We will soon come out. We are forming a committee to investigate the issue. Also, we've requested that the parents of SRC members should submit, should submit surrender the award to the police. Well, hello. 
Oh, no, Minister, you sound a bit distracted. So I was, I was losing you when you were in, in the concluding part of the, of the comment where you talked about the parents. What I'm saying is that, uh, we've requested that the police should call the parents of all the members of the SRC who are on the run to surrender their, their children. Else we will declare all of them wanted. Is it the understanding that the SRC executives or the school prefects were the ones who incited the students to do what they did? For now, we cannot say yes or no. The real executives, they are supposed to uh, be interrogated first. So when they run away, we need to get them to know exactly what happened. It's, it's because bit... you have the school prefect and the deputy and others, and the assistant, sorry. So we need to get them to interrogate them. Now, assuming something happens in this region, who do you call? Do you call me? It doesn't mean I was part or not part. The ones they are the head, they, ha- they, they need to answer certain questions. Is it possible that they, they run away out of fear? Maybe. I cannot see that. I cannot see that for now. I cannot. When they come, they can tell their own story. But the, I don't. I, I don't want to assume for them. So the school's official account is that the students were unhappy with the performance of their seniors. That's the official account the headmaster and other of school officials gave to you when you that went is, today. That is what we've been told. But the best people to give us the basis of the demonstration will be the leadership of the students. But 40 students uh, it have... It will be very, uh, very much surprising for me to believe that the student could do that without the knowledge of the leadership. Okay. I can never believe that. The police arrested... And, and, if, and if they had knowledge of the demonstration, why didn't they report to the school authorities? The police arrested about 40 students. Could that not be the group that would be described as a ringleader? So that anyone outside that group... I cannot say that until investigations conducted is concluded. The, the reason I'm saying is that, so the police chanced on the protest and decided that these are the ringleaders we have to pick, and they picked the 40 students. However, you, upon your they, new they, brief... They cannot. They have never said that. I don't think any police person has come out to say that these are the ringleaders. No, I'm just saying that based so on my... you don't have to put words in the mouth of the police. No, I'm saying that based on my knowledge of demonstrations and how police that arrest is, people... Based on what you think. Okay. It could be your knowledge, but I would say based on what you think. Most often, the first people who are arrested at demonstration sites are normally... It doesn't always appear to be the, the, the ringleader. Maybe after even the interrogation, after the screening, maybe some of them will even be left to go. So you cannot say that they are the regulators. We don't we don't have to be biased. We should be open in this investigation so that the investigation will be very objective. I if, think- if we- I think maybe my use of ringleader may may sound may, may not be correct. What I meant to I what I meant I to say. I don't know any ringleader for okay. now. Sorry, I don't know any ringleader for now. It mm. will be known after the investigation. So what I meant was the key people the police believe are the people are leading the, the demonstration. The police have not said that. The police have not said that. 
Obviously, that would be the reason they arrest these 40 people. It does not necessarily mean that. What could, what could be the other reason? There could be other because without when they met them there, these were the people they arrested. It's just like just like security going on the soup. So many people will be found in a, in a particular area. They are arrested, but after screening, it becomes out that some of them are not packed. So the fact that the forty have been arrested does not necessarily mean that they are the key players in the demonstration. And we should not bias the investigation. Is a school currently let's leave it open? Let's leave it open, my brother. Let's leave the security issue we are talking about. We don't have to make certain conjectures that would bias the investigation. Because somebody listening to you might go and miscommunicate and say that the ringleaders are the people that have been arrested, or the key players in the demonstration are those that have been arrested, which might not be true. So let's not give conjectures that will by the investigation. I'm sorry. The school itself, has it been closed down? What is the plan? The school has been closed down. Until when? The decision will be taken after the investigation. So also, the committee, I even initially, I told you by the end of the day, or early tomorrow morning, list of committee members to do the investigation will come up. Okay. So, we are in consultation with the Minister of Education. For this issue... Is being investigated by the Ministry of Education and the Regional Security Council. Because the security aspect is under the Regional Security Council. And it is an educational institution under the Ministry of Education. So all students are or have left campus? There's no student at the campus. You see, listen, I don't think maybe your reporter gave the full details. One, they broke into the stores vandalize the food there. Now you have rice mixed with gari, beans on the floor. They open some of the uh, tidying, add them, took some away. So if they say, what are they going to eat? What food are they going to eat? Two, they've broken all the sand pipes in the school. Why are they going to get water? Robo, it is... They cut off electric power. So in terms of security, it's prudent for them to leave the school. Robo, it's, it's curious that this is happening among senior high school students. If this happened on a university campus, maybe we could say, all right, these are adults, usually we expect these things in universities, but for it to happen in a secondary school, what is your view? Why would such a thing happen? If, 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 um, if a minor, somebody less than, let's say, 18 years, comes to stab you, the person stabs you, who is interrogating me? You say we should leave the person to go? I did not even suggest that. If you, if you didn't suggest, why do you ask me such a question? I'm asking you... If they are minors, they must be treated within the framework of the laws of this country. We have laws governing minors. I'm actually not speaking to their crime and whether they should be punished or not. I'm asking you for your view on the action of youngsters like that, doing what they did. 
what is no, your the thinking? Initial question, initial question didn't Maybe you didn't you didn't the understand it the, the way I put it. Of the youngsters is indiscipline and it's impunity to the highest level. Total indiscipline. And it's impunity to the highest level. That is why we need a leadership to come and explain. Um, but just two weeks ago, we were doing this story from Upper East where some students insulted the president. GES had to dismiss them. And then this is happening. So that is what I'm asking. The you, general... are comparing, you are comparing apples and mangoes. They are all they are issues of indiscipline, are not, they are not. Let me tell you why they are not. Okay. They are all students, I agree. These people insulted the president. They did not vandalize anything. They did not cause damage to anything. They only cause damage to the integrity of the president. These people demonstrated have caused damage to property of the school. They're not the same thing. So you don't compare apples and mangoes because they are all fruits. That's the same. You see, let's, let's tackle things objectively and realistically. Because some of these questions... I, res- I respond to them because I respect the media. Such question gives wrong position of the investigation. Honorable, I, 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 I don't know, but I think, I think you know, so, I was, so my point was, these students both were being indisciplined. And I'm asking you, what do you make of... The level of indiscipline, the levels are different. Mm, Listen, all... mm. oh, wait. They did not spoil properties. They insulted the president, which is very bad, especially in terms of our culture, where we have respect for the elderly. Not only people in high position, and they do that. It's indiscipline, but it's not the same as indiscipline where people have demonstrated, and even the cause of the demonstration is not properly known, and they've caused damage to lots of property, being private and public. These are two different things. These are totally two different things. All right. When, when, when they went to the senior house mistress residence, if they had been able to penetrate into her room, anything at all could have happened there. A very young lady who is living alone, the husband is not even there, and these people tried to break the door and enter the room. It is not being by the grace of God. And they could not enter before the police arrived. What do I have to say? Honorable. This is condemnable act. And we should not ask questions as if somebody is doing something which is not good or a condemnable act by all standards. And let's look at it like that. 
let's take the law and deal with the law. We deal with them within the remit of the law. In, in June last year, students in your region at the Islamic Senior High School went on a demonstration as well over the absence of speed ramps in front of their school. That turned violent after police fired tear gas. I was trying to look at that in context with what happened now. So they are both demonstrations. No, that, that particular incident, let me tell you, I blame the teacher who came out to say that vehicles had been knocking down students. That it's a lie. It's a palpable lie. Investigations that was conducted in all hospitals around the area, in all police stations around the area, Two years back, never alluded to that. I've said it on several radio stations. Just less than, less than a week or about a week ago, I said it. From Abripo Junction, we did a study from Abripo Junction through Islamic and to Kumasi Girls School. It's true, some people have been knocked down by vehicles along that stretch, but not. And I say none was a student. Oh, for me, I, I'm not even referring none to the... None was a student. Let me, let me explain for people to understand. So that when information comes out... Yeah, but I see... Oh, but then, I, no, no, let I'm me trying land. to... Let, I'm, let me see, land. I didn't even I land with my... Me, but let me land. But let I didn't, I didn't land with my question when you took it up. So if you could just let me land, then you could properly answer it. Because land, I, land. I didn't okay. even put my question forth. I was saying on the issue of indiscipline, and I've just mentioned one which you do not want to even regard as high as this one, so the one in the upper is Navrongo. There were two in your in your region. I'm referring to general issues of indiscipline in schools and I'm asking you what you think can be done to deal with it. Indiscipline in high schools. What what we should do is when it happens, we should deal with the people within the remit of the law. And we should avoid Oh, half human feet, half human feet. I'm human being, I have a feet. You are a human being, I have a feet. Friends are very behaved like that. Then we talk about human feet. The law should do with whoever is found copy. If you do that, anybody who attempts will think twice. But whenever it happens, repeat. Whenever it happens, we feed. Mm. So we have to be fair. All right. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you for speaking much. to us. Thank you very much. That's the Ashanti Regional Minister, Simon Osemensa. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. The, the education service has talked about a dean for discipline in senior high schools. We'll be touching on that briefly to ask if that is what is needed now. We'll talk through the lens of a teacher. Plus, we'll talk about the Free senior high school policy, six years on the verdict. How does it look? We, are, we have a headmaster who is going to speak to us about how easy or difficult it has been running a senior high school based on all the issues around food supplies and so on. Please stay with us. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. 
let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sandamad here with Nashika Caesar. Now, before Nanadudan Kwakufad was elected, one of the key promises he made was to deliver free senior high school. Uh, when he won the presidency or became president of Ghana, he insisted that he was going to deliver on his promise of free senior high school. Since the beginning of the free senior high school, six years ago, there have been calls within the education sector and even without for a review of the process, the government has always been insistent that it is not broken and needs no fixing. But a lot of issues have been coming out of the free senior school, from infrastructure to feeding and space and so on. Now, the latest issue in town has to do with food supplies to senior high schools. It's a recurring issue that we've been hearing about all the time. We usually hear this through the conference of heads of assisted secondary school chairs. The president will usually speak to us because senior high school headmasters are not allowed to grant media interviews in that nature. Tonight, though, we have a headmaster who has agreed to speak to us, and we are going to speak to him unanimous, uh, anonymously, I beg your pardon, and uh, understand exactly what the situation in senior high schools is. Good evening and welcome to CTFM, sir. Thank you for having me. Greetings to your cherished listeners. Greetings to you too. What is the situation in your secondary school and in secondary schools that your other friends are heads of? Thank you, Omaro. I, I keep on saying that the best thing educationally that has happened to our country is a free SHS. But I beg to differ about its implementation. Um, we know the government alone cannot do it. And we keep drumming into the government here that it cannot shoulder the burden of parents. Parents who have what it takes to take care of their children are being denied to take care of their own children. You know, um, in this world, we have classes. Whatever you would think, I don't mind. We have classes. Some of us can take care of our children. Some cannot. So why don't we look for those who cannot? And the government helps them. We have the leap, right? That is for the poorest of the poor. And the government grants them what? Loans. How did they get them? How? Because if you look carefully, you will get those who really, really, really. So let me come back to education. You see, my brother, things are not going on well for especially heads. Those of us who manage our schools, it's so difficult. Let's go to food items. A school which has uh, 3,000 students are giving eight bags of flour. 
How many days do you think the eight bucks would do for three thousand students? It is that, my brother. When you are giving, and this eight bucks of flour that is giving you for this population of students is to last you officially how long? It will not last for two weeks. I mean, what is, so when they give it to you, how long do they expect you to use it for? But in practical terms, it will take you up to two weeks. But what do they expect you to use it for? How long? Is it, is it, is it for a whole term? Do they give you eight bags for a whole term or they give it to you for a month or how do they? That's what we have been given. That's what we have been given. We don't know when the next consignment will come. So always we cross our fingers. Looking for mana. Hello? I'm listening to you. Yeah, looking for mana to fall. That. Hello? I'm listening to you. Yes, my brother. That is what we are experiencing. Now. Looking for mana to fall. So as we've been given eight bucks, we don't know the next consignment, my brother. Do do they give you money as headmasters to use for shopping to provide food for the schools? No. All that we are giving is money for perishables. When we are talking about perishables, we are talking about tomatoes, uh, fish, uh, pepper, those kind of, you know, you know, when we call perishables, things that will not last for long. That's the perishables. And how much do they give? Do they give it? Is there a flat figure for every school or the consider no, number of students? Is, it is, it is based on the number of students you have. How much do they pay per student? I think it's one city 50 pesos. One city 50 pesos per student. For how long? For a term, for a month, or for a day? For a day. And what, let me tell you what goes into the one city 50 pesos. The, the ingredients, as I've said earlier, that is the pepper, the tomatoes, that fresh tomatoes, uh, fish, you know, those kind of. Then, with this same one city 50 pesos, you buy gas. The same amount of money we use to do maintenance as a kitchen for fuel. If you don't have fuel and don't have a car, it means you have to transport the ingredients from market to your school. So that is it. That is the one is one the future person, and it gives them breakfast lunch and supper, meaning 50 pesos per lunch, per breakfast, per supper, Lul- inclusive mm-hmm. of the gas, you know, maintenance, machines. I mean, you see, when, when, when you have uh, the machine that, that turn out, uh, uh, what do you call it? Is it a biofuel, the biofuel machine? 
the one that yeah, provides fly, it. The fly, whatever. When it gets for, or when there's, I mean, anything wrong with it, it's the same amount of money you have to come to do the repair. What about gas for cooking? Is that provided separately or you have to pay for no, it? If no, you don't no. have it, it's what happens? The one city fifty pairs with that's what I'm trying to tell you, my brother. And if you do not have that, what are the alternatives? Are there instances uh, where you don't you, have that? You go round you go around looking for firewood. Sometimes you go around the schools and look for broken chairs to use as firewood to cook for our students. It's so sad, my brother. This is happening, or or this is just a hypothetical thing you're saying. I am in the belly of the fish, and I'm telling you the truth. Use broken it's school not, furniture it's, to. It's not fiction, because I have experience in it. It is sad. It is sad. You see. In secondary. Pantry, okay, in secondary schools, you have you have the pantry where the food is cooked. Now, when you say you're using firewood, which is broken school furniture, does it mean then that you have to set the fire outside and have, exactly. the, like we have in the exactly. village with the hat? Exactly, exactly. Because because you cannot put on the firewood, uh, use uh, what do you call it, broken chairs and firewood in the main pantry. You have to bring it out and cut that imagine. Smoke. They hazard our kitchen staff go through. Sometimes when they come and they complain, can't do anything about it, my brother. You just look at them. I mean, I don't know. What about the quality of the meal itself? You serve breakfast, lunch, and Supper, you know? just imagine imagine a whole school with three thousand population is giving eight bags of uh, what do you call it blah, and we take less than two weeks. What type of food do you think we give them? I'm not asking you. I'm sorry, I get you, but give give me an idea what is on the dining table when when I was not in that. when I was in my school, my secondary school, we used to eat jollof with chicken on Sunday evenings. In the morning, we take tea with egg and bread. Do we have things uh, like that? We used to have wache with, 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 with fish. I, 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 can't speak, I can't speak for the secondary school because I have not had that. But uh, the, the, the truth is that corn will do this. Today, we we'll give them what is called coco sakura. The best sometimes we can add is what? Uh, peanuts, you know? Groundnuts. Groundnuts, yeah, groundnuts or peanuts, whatever it is. That's the best they can use to add to their cocoa. The cocoa doesn't come with bread. I recall we had bread with margarine. What questions are you asking? I'm, 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 I'm using my reality. We used to have bread with, with margarine in there, with, with Tom Brown or with cocoa. That doesn't happen now? Oh, my brother. My brother, it is not happening right now. What about see, the rice? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the rice. The rice and stew. Do you have fish or meat with the rice that comes? How that, How do you serve your rice in the in the boarding house? Some semblance of fish. 
Sometimes when they grow out, they will buy um, tuna, tuna, then they will turn it to flakes. And they, they use it. That's why we don't have um, the macro and sardine. As we speak, we don't have a single sardine. Not, not, we don't have <laughs> a tin of sardine in my school. A tin of sardine in my school. I don't remember the last time we gave them eggs. But we used to give them eggs and even food. I don't remember the last time we gave them. Now, what about three square meal a day? Do all students get three square meals a day? They are supposed to get three square meals a day. That's the broadest. The day students are entitled to lunch. And of late, most of my students, don't even attend, uh, what they call it, uh, go to eat breakfast. Because they would prefer to eat from their job box. Because uh, the food... I, I am saying all this because I'm a parent, and I'm a teacher, and I'm a headmaster. So I'm not saying the government is not doing well. They should allow parents. See, let me go to other issues. Do you think parents cannot afford to buy school uniform for their own children? When they were at primary school, who buys their, their school uniform? When are they are basic, who buys their school uniform? So why all of a sudden, when they get to secondary school, parents cannot any longer afford School uniform and the government has to come in. Why? Why? That's a big question. Why? If you look at uh, the boarding system, their students commute from home to school and back to school every day for five days. They are entitled for only a lunch. Whereas boarders, they don't commute. Okay? They take breakfast, lunch, and supper. Why can't we make the parents pay for at least the breakfast and the supper? As for lunch, both, what do you call it? They should then the borders can enjoy. I think I'm making sense. Do you understand? I do understand you. If you were to speak to the government directly... What would you ask the government to know? Are you saying free SHS should be cancelled or you are asking for some things no, to be knocked no, no, off? No, 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 no. I said that it is so one of the best things, things that happened to our country. Great. So what things would you recommend be knocked off the free SHS uh, list? Free, free uniform should be cancelled. Free church service attire. Girls should be taken care of by parents. Breakfast and supper for borders to be taken care of by parents, not by the government. By the government. And we keep on drumming this. We keep on drumming this. And I don't understand. Because parents are capable of taking care of their children. 
We are. So I don't see. I don't. I, I, listen, it has gone beyond politics. We are talking about Ghana. Have you have you as headmasters raised this issue with the people who implement the free SHS? At we have several. What do they say um, to you? Omaru, you know the response. Do you remember our finance minister what said one said that what can somebody look after his children for free? The first education is concerned. Do you remember that? I do. And what happened? It's sad. And and, and, and especially this time of hardship, you know, you see, I believe the government is listening. Those who have ears, they have ears to listen. This is a cry from a headmaster. A cry from a headmaster. A headmaster who has the children at heart. Who has the country at heart. I am not saying anything different. I'm just pleading with the government, for God's sake, you should listen to reason. Mr. Headmaster, because we live in a political society and a lot of issues get politicized, for someone who says you are just talking down on free SHS, what was the situation before free SHS? Were you were things all rosy at the time? So that all of a sudden things are bad? It wasn't. But we were expecting better performance. You see, we are in 21st century, for God's sake. We cannot use yesterday's, I mean, issues to judge. So we are, we are thinking that we have to do things better. Because we are in technology, technological world, where things are done better. Yes, during those days, when parents were pay, paying fees, yes. There were some who struggled, we understand. That's why the government, in its own wisdom, and which I believe and I share with him for bringing this free SHS, which I keep on saying that it's one thing that has happened, one good thing that has happened to our country. As we speak, we will not see the, 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 the results right and the outcome, but let us give ourselves 10 to 20 years, we we'll see it. But we are talking about the it's implementation. That's all. This is not political. <laughs> if I, I tell you my my, there's no need. Yes. It's not political. We are talking about our country and our students, our future leaders. Finally, the challenges we enumerated above, how are they affecting teaching and learning on campus, how are they affecting the students' side? Morals are down, morals are down because you see, <laughs> food is the engine that takes a big carry us along. Because you don't have proper diet, balanced diet, your health will fail you if you will not even have 
the earth even to learn. Because you are thinking of, you are hungry. You are hungry. And teachers have, teachers have become very indisciplined. Because you cannot even talk about teachers. Because the system is not working as we expected. Let me, you see, let me divert a bit. As we speak, headmasters do not have any say in the promotion of their staff. The little, tomorrow, <laughs> the system, the system, that we have to sit down as a country. If all of us want our educational system to, yes, the Minister of Education is doing so well, especially the Tibetans. You see, we are, we, we are not doing badly at all as a country. We are not doing but We have to sit down and review our policy and implementation. That's all. Thank you for speaking to us, sir. You are welcome. That's a headmaster of a public secondary school here in the Greater Accra region speaking to us on the state of affairs in his school and other schools in relation to senior high schools. Let's speak to Enjo Kabonu. He lecture, or he teaches at a senior high school and he's president of the National Association of Graduate Teachers. Enjo, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, before I ask you your response to the issue of um, the, 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 the school in Kumasi that we're going to talk about, what's your reaction to the headmaster's view or comments a short while ago? Well, uh, by and large, he's spoken the truth is spoken to fact, uh, habit the use of very gentle language in attempt not to offend any people, any any person. He was not robust, uh, uh, very calm language, which is necessary for his office. Um, but the fact are the fact. I may not be that uh, gentle in my responses to you. I can assure you that. <laughs> I do I do know you. You are the radical one. <laughs> Let's talk about the GES says it's going to introduce a dean for discipline to deal with matters of indiscipline in senior high schools. As an association of teachers, what do you make of that? And where will the dean be located? Where will he be cited? Will he be at the GES headquarters? Or we are going to have deans in the 10 regions and in the 270-something districts? Uh, are we going to have a single dean? I don't know how that is going to work out. Uh, number two, does that mean that any infraction in the school will have to be referred uh, to the dean? I think that the school, from the time of the Gordon Gorgesberg, so today have been able to handle discipline and have and have and have and have exonerated themselves very well in the handling of discipline and you and I know certain schools I don't know whether Tema Second School will be part of it, but you and I know certain schools in this country that are known to be very disciplined and that authorities in those schools do not tolerate infractions uh to school rules and regulations. And I can mention some uh, to you, what is broken the resolve of the Ghanaian teacher and school management in the handling of discipline in our schools 
is the incessant and wanton interference in how schools handle discipline in this country. On and on and on, new rules and regulations, new restrictions, certain restrictions imported from uh, uh, strange lands, sometimes just because there is a seminar sponsored by some unknown and some obscure NGO somewhere importing the ways and manner they understand discipline a child in their country into this country. And because of that pattern, some of which are very miserable and insulting, we run our right to change our rules and regulations, and we tie the hands of our teachers in such a manner that it becomes even very difficult to discipline students in the schools. So the students do whatever they like. The, 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 the recent upset in school uh, riots and the destruction of school properties and so on and so on was living the bar for a very, very long time. When we were in school, it was a very regular occurrence. Today, it is where it's ugly head once again because that result to nip in the bat misbehavior and incorrigible uh, acts by students it's broken. The students do not fear their teachers. Oh, they say, you see, when you do that, it is going to cause, cause psychological trauma. A whole pack of nonsense is brought onto uh, the table just because some Caucasian is donated 10000 for a seminar in a, in a certain hotel somewhere. New policies are made. So we've got into where we find ourselves. So teachers be allowed to hold canes and walk on compounds and lash students at will. It is not. You see, when you put it that way, we 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 we, we, we dilute the issue. Do teachers hold kids and feed students at will? Was that what it used to be when we were in school? That is absolutely not what it was. That teachers were feeding students at will. No. There were a number well, of students I remember in basic school who were whipped until they went to the hospital. I mean. That that happens. Got the, the teachers. There were there were special teachers on on school campuses who give special lashes. I mean, that, that, that is very stubborn students like in Jokabunu in the school those days who needed very hard-handed teachers to bring him and tune him to become a fine gentleman that he is today. Is that not what the GS is planning to do then, to bring that back by using the dean of discipline who may not be necessarily going to encourage lashing, but maybe deploy other means of punishment? I am not zeroing discipline or I'm not limiting the scope of discipline to lashing. I'm talking about holistic discipline, creating a disciplined culture in the school, an atmosphere understood by both teachers and students that in this school, you cannot misbehave. Look, once upon a time, there were certain students who went to town, uh, came back to the school, they wanted to go and enter the examination hall to write the exam. The, the authorities refused. They were refusing. They, they moved from that place straight to a certain radio station. And then you have uh, media men and women showing so much sympathy and emotion. Next time, you're going to have it to have, they're taking place in another school. And I don't know why we do these. Always, uh, the, teacher, the children, the children, the children. You think teachers, we, we don't have children? 
So let me understand you. Are you in principle agreeing with the dean, but you are looking at the deployment of how the dean, as in the diff- the practical challenges with having a dean for discipline, or you are say, saying simply there should be no dean for discipline Leave in the, the G- discipline. Look, we have code of conduct. Let us develop the code of conduct for students. The students should sign on to the code of conduct when they are coming to school. The students and their parents should sign on to the code of conduct when they are coming to school. And if I am a headmaster of that school, the first social studies examination in the school will be based on the school code of conduct so that every student in that school understands the parameters of operation and the consequences of their actions and inaction. Now, when you sign on to the code of conduct, we know sanctions. For example, when a student is caught smoking marijuana in school, you can't come and tell me that uh, the guy is caught smoking marijuana, but because the future of education is important, let's allow the guy to harass someone if it is religion and it is culture and so on and so forth. There should be rules and regulations that should bind everybody in the school, and we should adhere strictly to those rules and regulations. Look, the school that I attended, which is one of the best schools in this country, in the time that I was in the school, when you are caught in town, and you are in town without permission, you are made a day student. You are made a day student. Your right of education is not taken from you, but you have indicated to authorities that you are not worthy to remain in the boarding house. And students knew this. So they themselves know the consequences. They knew the consequences of their acts and their inaction. So let's know the rules. Let's know the parameters within which it is uh, and school management will operate. Leave the discipline. Look, we've had cases in this country when going to discipline students, we have chiefs and queen mothers coming to intervene and beg and so And when teachers start to their guns, they told the teachers that they are not worthy to remain in those traditional communities. We've had that in this country before. Okay? So these are some of the reasons why we are seeing what we are seeing. So bring back the king. Bring back discipline. If the cane is the cane is just a small part of discipline in schools. But leave it in the hands of school administrators and teachers. Yes, but but, but before you come to say what's the name? Before you come to the dean, by the time you go and come and talk to the dean for the dean to tell you he's coming or he's not coming, by the time you realize things have gone awry. Thank you for speaking to us, Angel. Thank you. And Kabonu is president of the National Association of Graduate Teachers, NAGRA. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Nashika has some other stories for us. A fire that gutted a new transformer at the Achimota Bulk Supply Point substation has been quenched by the Ghana National Fire Service. The cause of the fire, which started around 4.15 p.m. today, is yet to be established. There was no casualty. The Assistant Divisional Officer 1 at the Abelengpe Fire Service Station, Nathaniel Amwa, spoke to City News. We had that call, distress call, that we had to attend to a fire at uh, Achimota substation here. So we quickly rushed in. And when we came, it was their, one of their transformers that was on fire. And uh, fortunately enough, we were able to extinguish it within the shortest time. And so um, the cause of the fire has not been established yet. Yes, we are still conducting our investigation. 
and uh, we are talking to them uh, that for now there hasn't been any casualty, only that some areas of the city will not have power for now. Yes, that is what we know for now. So if you say some areas, so areas including... For now, I cannot establish that unless the ECG staff, yes. And what is currently, what's your assessment of the issue? Has it been extinguished totally? Yes, it has been extinguished totally. And so, for according to ECG, their staffers are coming in to restore power. So they have started working. Nathaniel Amwa is the Assistant Divisional Officer 1 at the Abilingpe Fire Service Station in Akwa. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction. Every market movement. And all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. It's time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nashika Caesar. Let's settle for the details. Now, some aggrieved customers of GT Bank are threatening to stage a demonstration as well as initiate legal action against the financial institution for freezing their accounts. This is after they masked up at the head office of the financial institution at Ridge Runabout to demand the amounts, the account debits to be rectified. Speaking to City Business News, the affected customers said the freeze on their accounts is neg- negatively affecting them. Well, honestly, I've been out of job for years. This is what I do for a living, okay? So my home is going down. My kids can no longer go to school because there is no money to pay their fees. My rent is due. There is no money to renew my rent. So this is truly affecting me. I'm going slim day in and out because I don't have much money on me. Truthfully, I'm not satisfied at all. The answers he provided were not to the, were not best to our satisfaction. Yeah, so uh, we're able to prove to them that uh, the deductions they made on our account is not fair. We're able to prove to them that those companies that helped us in the transaction, uh, they did not charge anything other than cities. And uh, their manager actually explained to us uh, certain things we are not aware of, DCC and so many things. In actual fact, uh, there is no document backing his saying. So all, all we have is his word, and we think we have an, an email from them which we can actually use to you know, communicate to various, the various platforms that we use in transacting our business. Those were some aggrieved customers of GT Bank. However, in a statement issued by the GT Bank on Monday, it noted that the reference to Debbie's are solely the FX referential between the unapproved FX rates applied on the crypto trading platforms and standard FX rates applicable to all other valid transactions advised by the bank. The Ghana has also assured of taking steps to engage individual customers who were involved in these transactions and rectify the situation. 
Moving on, the, a banking consultant has cautioned financial institutions against selling off their instruments to retail clients without the approval of the central bank. This is coming after the central bank initially directed banks not to pay customers their maturing cocoa bills investment following cash flow challenges facing cocoa board. However, in a statement issued on Monday, the Bank of Ghana, Cocoa Board and the commercial banks have agreed to allow banks to use Cocoa Board's deposits at the banks to cater for retail customers who may not want a rollover of their cocoa bills. The central bank also says it expects that this short-term cash flow challenges facing Cocoa Board will be resolved soon to enable the cocoa regulator meet its obligations to investors. Nanotoe Champon has been speaking to City Business News on the issue. The answer is uh, yes, in the sense that the way these bills work is that when it matures, then there's stock in the market to replace the existing one. Um, but they have to explain that when they went to the market, because the market is virtually uh, dead now, there was an undersubscription, and therefore they couldn't sell. So they have no opportunity but to roll it over. I think uh, it's not a matter of going against the wish of the, of the, the clients or the investors. And besides that, as they have explained, the cocoa bills were not meant for the retail market. They were meant for the institutions. But somehow the institutions uh, unilaterally have passed on to retail investors. So I think uh, they were caught in a web that they shouldn't have. But at any rate, the banks have agreed that for retail investors, we are going to give them the money back. Well, with the benefit of hindsight, they should have done that explanation uh, right at that time, uh, as that, you know, this is what has happened. That was a banking consultant, Nana Otuo, a champion. Now, finally, the executive director of the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, Ghana, COPEC, Duncan Amwa, says price of petroleum product may see a decline if the oil secured by government is distributed this week. Prices of fuel went up on Saturday for the second pricing window after weeks of decline. The situation was attributed by many stakeholders to the instability of the local currency against the dollar. To remedy this situation, the government has begun a gold for oil policy. So far, the first consignment of 44,000 metric tons of oil has been received by Ghana. Executive Director of COPEC, Duncan Amwa, is optimistic price of the commodity might see a drop if the distribution by BOST is done soon. Numbers pertaining to this gold for oil is very crucial. If it doesn't solve the escalating fuel price situation and doesn't also stop the city depreciating, then we should stop the politicians from I mean, meddling in fuel trading or oil trading completely because that will not be the solution that Ghanaians are clamoring for. But like I said, the numbers that they put out uh, from the coming week will determine whether we are able to stimulate the market downwards or we are able to sustain prices where they are, or there's some, you know, uh, benefits to be derived as a people. If there are no benefits, then it becomes, I mean, moot to go to the Bank of Ghana and say put money or prefinance, I mean, fuel uh, through the buying of gold. We'll simply get bent 
on all sides. Duncan Amwai is the Executive Director of the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, Ghana. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News, which was powered by citybusinessnews.com. I am Nashika Caesar. Up next is Point Blank. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sandama. The Point Blank tonight focuses on government's good for oil. The minority in parliament says assertions by the government that the good for oil deal would reduce fuel prices are untrue. The government took delivery, as you know, of 40,000 metric tons of oil on January 15, and the expectation is that it will reduce the pressure on the currency and also present the country with cheaper fuel. But speaking to journalists, the ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee of Parliament, an MP, John Ginapos, said the transaction is rather worsening the situation. Listen. First of all, we are interested in ensuring that government does what is right and proper. We are stakeholders. We want to ensure that the right thing is done. We have done a critical analysis of this so-called going for oil butter. And based on the information available, we are convinced beyond reasonable doubt that it's nothing but a charade. It's just an attempt to hoodwink Ghanaians by either deceiving Ghanaians or misrepresenting some of the facts to create a certain impression. Fortunately, as we speak, like you rightly said, about 40,000 metric tons of diesel has arrived in the country. I have had the course to look at the certificate. And clearly, when you look at the details, you will then come to the conclusion that government is not being honest. My checks indicate that PMMC, the agency tasked to purchase this gold, which will be used as a butter, has not lived up to expectation. If you look at the structure, the small-scale mining companies are supposed to supply about 80% of the gold requirement, and then the remaining 20% will come from the large-scale agencies. PMMC hasn't been able to procure an ounce of gold, as I speak to you, from the small-scale miners, and you can check with PMMC. So the first question is, which gold did they use as butter for this oil? It is important. And let me caution the Bank of Ghana that any attempt to deplete our gold reserves for this so-called oil butter deal would be resisted by the minority. It would be improper and it would be illegal. The gold is part of our reserves and they cannot unilaterally take the golds meant for our reserves to buy this oil. I am well aware that it is Letasco that brought in these 40,000 metric tons of diesel. The question you ask yourself is, is Letasco involved in gold trading? What quantities of gold was given to Letasco? What price was the gold procured? 
And at what price was the gold exchanged for this oil? Clearly, it doesn't add up. Clearly, this is an attempt to create a further burden for the ordinary taxpayer. We recall that the same vice president told us he was doing a bauxite batter with cyanohydro. As we speak, the IMF has insisted and government has agreed that indeed that so-called batter was nothing but a loan agreement. And that has been captured as part of our national accounting system and it's a depth as we speak. And so when this same vice president, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, come telling you that he's not going to do gold, having failed to deliver on his butter promise with bauxite, the I can't say that quarter quarter of a month didn't clearly fits in. And so we are calling on government to halt this so called gold for oil butter and consult further. Already, the Chamber of Mines has complained. Indeed, if you look at the structure, today government owes Goyle over 300 million cities. Government has not been able to pay that amount. Government is not the most efficient partner when it comes to trading. BOST has consistently made losses. PMMC has only two offices, as we speak, in Accra and in Kumasi. And yet PMMC claims that it wants to buy gold from all the 16 regions. As of 1st January, PMMC decided to ban the export of gold by this licensed gold exporters. Meanwhile, PMMC has not been able to establish the appropriate letters of credit for the agencies. And so as it stands, people have gold, PMMC is not in a capacity to buy and they are not also being granted the license and the permit to export. My information from the licensed gold exporters is that when they export the gold, they are required to repatriate 80% of that hard end currency back into the country within 30 days. Failure to do so would mean that you would not get approval to export further gold. And so this whole narrative that the gold for oil deal is supposed to help deal with forest challenges is a huge deception because when they sell the gold, they are required to bring the forex back into the country. So if you say they shouldn't sell the gold and you want to buy it, what it means is that something is given in. There's an opportunity cost. You will no longer get them to bring that forex. So rather than taking this unorthodox, untested method, I would call on government to engage a small-scale dealers, the bullion dealers, and the licensed gold exporters. So that if it means that you have to increase the percentage of forests that they have to repatriate and reduce the number of days from 30 to say two weeks, it makes sense because this will create unemployment. It would encourage smuggling. I checked from the Bank of Ghana website and they have artificially pegged the dollar to around 10 to 11. Meanwhile, these gold exporters tell me that when they sell the gold, the rate at which they sell is at a forex rate, which is over 13. So can you imagine PMMC taking money from Bank of Ghana, CD equivalent, at about 10 point something percent, or a minimum of, say, 11, 
and going to buy the gold at 13. Who pays for that differential? Who pays for that losses? That's why we are saying that Bank of Ghana should concentrate on its core business and desist from engaging in trading of gold. That is not the job of the central bank. People have licenses to trade in gold. If you need the forex, come up with measures to ensure that the forex is brought back to Ghana, then you can give these exporters the CD equivalent. It deals with that. On the other hand, even this week, as they claim that this gold for oil deal will lead to fuel price reduction, fuel prices are going up. In fact, the information I have, and this is a credible information, is that the oil they bought was bought at a premium and not at a discount. So this narrative that they are going to get some cheap oil somewhere is not true. Let me state that there is no cheap oil when it comes to international oil trading. On the contrary, this deal is leading to a premium in terms of the pricing. So the notion that oil prices will go down is untrue. The other hand is that the diesel covers only 25% of our diesel requirement. And so that is not even enough to change the price. But more importantly, Bost has proven to be an inefficient company, even as we speak. We want to ask Bost, how did they select those BDCs? What was the criteria? What are the terms? And how did PMMC even raise money to buy the gold that they claim they are buying? Is it a loan from the Bank of Ghana? Is it a loan from the commercial banks? Is it equity from government to PMMC? This whole deal is shrouded with a high level of opacity. And they are doing it in a very, very clandestine manner. It's not transparent. And some few people are managing this in their pockets. The minority would not tolerate this. We've seen this before. We've cautioned them. They did not listen. And eventually, it's landed Ghana and the economy in this quagmire of unimaginable proportion. So we would have to use every parliamentary process. I've spoken to the minority leader and I have his blessing and his guidance that we should activate all the parliamentary processes. Where is this oil coming from? Is it Russian oil? Is it Iranian oil? Is it Saudi Arabia oil? Is it Venezuelan oil? Is it Nigerian oil? We must get to the bottom. Who was this gold exchanged in terms of the buyer and the seller? Everything about this deal is not transparent. It's below bar. And we simply, simply cannot allow this very, very innocuous deal that has the propensity of creating huge debt for this country, causing mass unemployment, and affecting the entire value chain in the gold sector to prevail. So we would continue to ensure that the right thing is done. Issues. I've raised very salient issues. We had the same call when they tried Ajapa. It turned out to be a fiasco. We had the same name calling by no less a person than the vice president when he engaged in the so-called Sinohydro bauxite batter. Today we've been vindicated. 
The same vice president told us that he was doing a barter agreement for a dam to be put at Pualogo. It's turned out to be a fiasco. And so we've been vindicated on a number of occasions. It was the same when they were under-reporting in terms of our financial data. They engaged in name-calling. Today our debt to GDP is unsustainable. Our currency is the second worst currency in the world. Ghana is today experiencing hyperinflation at over 50%. And so the issues we are raising are germane issues. And it's not only the minority that's talking about this. Industry experts have spoken against it. The small-scale exporters have complained. The Chamber of Mines have complained. Even the mining companies have complained that they were not properly consulted on this whole gold for oil deal. And so what we are raising are very, very serious issues. And like I rightly pointed out to you, even the very week that they are discharging the oil into the market, the prices are rather rising. The very week that they claim it will help our forex, the CD continues to depreciate at an alarming proportion. And so clearly, government should rather learn from its past and move away from this intransigent and belligerent position. Because that will certainly not help this government. At the end of the day, if we don't stop them in their tracks, by the time this problem is exacerbated and it becomes unbearable, it is an NDC government that will be assuming office and would have to grapple with this huge debt that we believe would accrue as a result of this very, very uh, unfortunate rush to engage in this so-called goal for oil deal. Okay, honorable. So moving on to the Gensa Energy deal, your committee... We've met all the relevant agencies, Ghana Gas, GMPC, Gensa. We've even met some of the civil society organizations. I think we met ASEP, we met Imani, and I can tell you that we are done in terms of meeting of these agencies. The next thing has to do putting the report together. And I can confirm that yesterday I've received a draft copy of the report. Normally what happens is that the chairman and the clerk will put the report together and all of us would have to look at it and ensure that the report reflects exactly what transpired. After that, it will be laid before Parliament. That's our process. And so I'm sure by the time Parliament resumes, we should have been done with the report, and then we can make it available uh, before plenary. And I'm sure all of you would have the opportunity. Indeed, we wanted to do that before we rise. But the budget and its issues, and also the late presentation of the budget, uh, took a lot of time, and you would recall that we had to rise deep, deep into the following day with the budget processes, and so there was very limited time. Be that as it may, the most important thing is to do a good job, is to ensure that the report reflects exactly what transpired, and the recommendations thereof, I'm sure, will take it up. It's unfortunate that the energy sector under the Akufuado Baumia-led government is crumbling. So that's Yapekusa, member of parliament, who is ranking on the Mines and Energy Committee of Parliament, John Abdullah Jinapo. 
And that would be it for Eyewitness News tonight. My name is Umaru Sanda Amadou. Production by Bevelin London. Technical support from Daniel Squashi. We'll be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Thank you for listening and stay with CTFM. Relevant Radio, always. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City 973.